I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Rashid Ajaja, Chief Executive Officer and co-founder of Alliance Block. We are talking about the Internet of Things and the economy of things. First of all, uh, Rashid, what's the difference between the Internet of Things and the economy of things? For me, the Internet of Things, we have been hearing this a lot the last few years, basically. So anything around all the objects that are connected to Internet. And this is where we see that huge usability of this Internet of Things started to, to, to be a reality with the 5G. So now, because of course of the speed of internet and we have everything that's around in telecommunications, like cameras, like everything that generating data are connected and they will be able to generate this huge amount of data that can be the foundation, for example, of smart cities of tomorrow. And we have already some smart cities. The economy of things, it's a concept that I have come across like really lately. And this is part of our partnership with PIC, which are doing the foundation of economy of things. And actually, this is exactly what we call the machine economy. So how machines will be able to be part of a decentralized network or distributed network that can generate value and that can basically anyone can take into like leverage this value to generate incentives value. So this is why we call it economy of things. And with the rise of DeFi, with the rise of decentralized technology, with the speed that we are looking, because this innovate this technology is moving, I would say, and is improving day after day, we are seeing that now we can have the infrastructure in order to connect the machines, to include machines with the humans, to be able to, to have this whole economy, which can be basically like, a, and I would say the machine can generate money, can generate capitals, which can be leveraged to go inside this new way of doing it's this new economy. So this is for me how I would basically position them together. The economy of things is an evolution of the Internet of Things. It's where the fridge and the cooker start talking to each other and start shopping all on their own. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And actually, we have the discussion before, like with the guys from PIC. And how can we basically arrive to this? And we saw the rise of NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which is now used only uh, like a, as, a, as a JPEG or as image. But actually, NFT is more than that, but also DeFi. DeFi is decentralized finance where people can interact with others without needing trust. So this is why we say trustless. And having the basically the machines inside that can interact with people and with other machines, this is what we will have like this new, I would say, revolution, but you summarize it perfectly. Well, I don't know that I'd necessarily trust my microwave with my credit card. So how does this actually work in practice? <laughs> this is a good question. So I will not take into this example into account. I mean, the, the microwave and the credit card, but I think I need to, to, to think about this. But let's take one example. So you have, for example, decentralized network for decentralized charging, where a lot of automotives and uh, like manufacturers, they are really interested. So what you need, you need, for example, machine that will be a part of the networks that can generate, let's say, this. it could be electricity or whatever. And then you need basically, say, the system of having the incentive, the system of being able to do this kind of like a, uh, anything around generating money, but also financing. And this is where DeFi come into play. How would you basically leverage decentralized finance? How would you be able to use decentralized exchange? How would you able to provide liquidity? And all this could be done completely automatically. So from a machine that is generating value, that could be sold, 
that can go to decentralized exchange that can generate reward for people that are going into this decentralized exchange or whatever protocol on top of uh, like uh, uh, this is used in decentralized finance. So it can create complete circular economy where you have all these different types like from machines to individuals that can interact all together. So this is how I see it. And this is something that is going to impact the financial system fairly mm-hmm. soon. Absolutely. And actually, we are seeing this already because of decentralized finance and all traditional players, they want to be part of this. Of course, there are anything around compliance and regulation, which we are seeing more and more regulators trying to solve these problems, even though it's not always easy to put rules on things that we don't understand. But yes, and we, for me, Specifically, we speak about decentralized finance and traditional finance, but at the end, it will be part of the uh, of the same world. So this is exactly what we saw of digital transformation that happens in the banks, where they have their legacy system, and then they will be able to build API layers that can connect all fintechs, which can basically increase their offering and attract uh, even more customers. So this is the way I see how DeFi will be able to interact with, with traditional finance. And then... When we have this traditional player part of this decentralized network, then we can see the impact of this economy of things taking into account all these different players. Now, a couple of times earlier in in our conversation, you mentioned Peak. This is a company you've partnered with recently, which is a Web3 network. First question, I've heard a lot of definitions. What's your definition of Web3? So for me, Web3 basically is anything that is interacted with decentralized network. It's a word that is the new generation of technologies of web, which is based on the blockchain, which is different from Web2.0, which is basically the social, the web, like in a social way, like what we see in Facebook, like what we see in Twitter, and so on and so forth. So to summarize, basically, Web3 is used really in the new, new generation of technology that is based on the blockchain, on the decentralized technology, and the Web2 is anything around the social web, basically. What does the partnership with Peak mean for Alliance Block? First of all, they are building this one, they are what we call a layer one. So they are building what we call Parachain, which is a blockchain on the Polkadot ecosystem. And they are building this really new way of doing economy of things, which is absolutely amazing in terms of the attraction that they have. They have, for example, a partnership with Audi. They have lots of car manufacturer. They have lots of traction into decentralized charging. For us as Alliance Block, we build basically decentralized finance infrastructure for anyone, anywhere to be able to use it. So we will be the engine of Peak to be able to have all access to decentralized finance. So as we discussed earlier, the machines we need to generate value, which need to be monetized. And this basically, this value need to be exchanged. In order to be exchanged, it needs infrastructure and specifically decentralized finance to be able to do so. And this is exactly what we are providing. So for us, it's accessing this market of economy of things and for them using Alliance Block as engine to be able to run all the decentralized finance infrastructure. One of the things that occurred to me when I was talking to somebody else a few weeks ago is that the very first non-fungible token was actually a banknote introduced in the 18th and 19th centuries in various countries around the world. The banknote, instead of carrying around your bag of gold, was an NFT in its Mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. 
Now, right now, I have a wallet which has got banknotes in it. It's got credit cards in it. I might have wearable devices. I'm now going to have to manage my NFT account through the economy of things as well. Is this what we're saying? Actually, this is a very good point. And I can give you another example. So tokenization exists before even having tokens. So this is what we call securitization. Securitization is exists. I can take lots of lots of loans. I can put them into tranches and I can sell these tranches to users uh, as a note. So we can sell it as NFT or as token. We can do it in art as well. Art could be also a financial instrument that we can basically securitize and we can sell it. So of course, all what we are seeing now is just innovation of what has been existing before. The most important things is transparency. When we did securitization and when we saw subprimes back in 2008, we have no idea of what is existing inside basically the loans. It was completely opaque, okay? And we, we heard about CDO, CDO square, CDO, like all these derivatives on top of it, which make it even more opaque. But now with the NFTs, because in on the blockchain, the tokenization of the assets, because in on the blockchain, it's really bring this transparency and we are able to trace since the source to know what is happening inside. And I would say this is what blockchain technology brings in. That transparency is something that wasn't available before, mm-hmm. not fully in securitization. So we have transparency, we have the internet of things and the economy of things working together. You're monetizing the assets that are effectively the IoT devices What's the next step? When does this become something that everybody engages with? For me, it will not take too long. Exactly when we speak about Internet of Things, there there is the 5G that is making Internet of Things reality. Now, the biggest factor that is making this very difficult to adopt is regulation and compliance. And banks or traditional finance, it's very, very hard for them to come to a network where they don't know Who are the participants? Are there KYC? Is there any money laundering? If we take the idea of this decentralized network and we added on top of them what we call decentralized identity or the decentralized KYC, where every single person or entity, well, I will not say machine, we cannot KYC, but at least we know who is this machine and what he's doing. But as a person or entity, they are KYC, they are KYB, they hold their data. It's not out there. It's not on the blockchain. Basically, they have the ownership and then they can give access or revoke access. But now imagine that you have the participants of the network. They have done their KYCs and their own data. Imagine that you have on top of this NFT, which is your passport. This NFT has the property that you are verified, but I don't need to know who you are because of the fact that you have been verified and you have triggered this property. You are able to access to whitelisted pool. You are able to access to the systems. So the technology is existing. We are working on it and many others are working on it. So now, once we have all this technological stack that make this a reality, what do we need? We need standard, exactly like the fixed protocol, exactly like all what we see in the banking or the, the, the norms ISO 27001 and all these different the ISAE and all these things. So we need standards. And the problem with KYC AMN, even I was speaking with uh, like a, a managing director of Barclays Private Banking, 
And they told us sometimes they can onboard client three months to do their KYC AML proof of funds. And then these same clients want from private banking to the investment banking, but they need to do everything again. So it's the system that is basically like still lacking standards. So once we have these standards, I think this is exactly the trigger that will make this a reality where everyone will be able to participate and take advantage of this new technology. I take your point about the fact that you need standards, you need regulation, yeah. because of yeah. course, it's only just now that the regulators around the world are starting to do something about cryptocurrencies. <laughs> exactly. And it's going to, so you're a couple of years away yet, I would think, on that score. Since 2020, we are starting to see a lot of correlation between crypto and between equity. Actually, it's because of all this institutional coming. Before, we have the bear market, the bull market, and speculation. Now, thanks to decentralized finance, we are starting to have people using it, no matter bill or bull, because everyone, people need financing. The next step is basically having the regulation being having clear standard. And this is what we make us so hopefully like uh, before five years, but I agree with you, five, five to eight years, I think we should be there. Rashida Jaja, Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of Alliance Block. Thank you very much.